You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. What's up, guys? It's Taylor Welch, the official second or first smartest guy in marketing, depending on how you're looking at it. Anyways, I wanted to record a quick audio because last week, Chris and I flew out to Redondo Beach, California, and we spent the week with an amazing multi-billion dollar marketing consultant. And we've actually been out of town the past couple of weeks, and so we haven't even been in our offices to record the normal podcast. You may have noticed we didn't post a mini last week. And so what I wanted to do is actually send you a audio version of a Facebook Live we did in our group, Smartest Guys in Marketing. It's all about the three most common denominators, commonalities that we've seen in successful person after successful person, high performer, mastery level, athletes, performers, business gurus, icons, etc. It was a really good Facebook Live. We got some amazing feedback from it. And the content in this, I feel like, is podcast worthy. It's of the same caliber that we're used to putting out. And we'll resume the show next week uh, because Chris and I are back in the groove, back in home, back in the saddle. So I hope you enjoy this. Obviously, send us your thoughts, leave a review on the show, and get the memos. We're launching some really cool stuff over the next 60 to 90 days. You're going to want to be a part of it. Trafficandfunnels.com slash memos. And enjoy this episode. So uh, we flew out to LA this week. And uh, I don't know how many of you guys know, but we are... Uh, we're actually, we paid a considerable amount of money to work with this consultant who's top shelf, top notch. I just got to thinking last night, you know, me and Chris, we've studied so many marketing gurus and business professionals and athletes, performers, people who are like at the top of their game. And uh, you start noticing patterns. You start noticing common denominators, commonalities. And I posted last night, you guys may have seen this, what are the commonalities or what's the number one common denominator? And it was really interesting seeing you guys guess all over the map in terms of what the uh, common denominators were. In fact, one person said that it was like manipulation or something stupid. So check it out. I asked this guy, his name is Jay, at the end of our session with him yesterday. I said, what is it? that makes you different. Honestly, what is it that makes you, I was like, I don't want to just come here and get your ideas and get your insights and your genius and then leave and you die. And then we have no idea. Like I want to become you. I want to not just take your ideas, but I want to become you and how you think and how you keep your mind fertile. And he talked and he talked for about 10 minutes about experiences in his life, things that he's gone through mistakes that he's made and lessons that he's learned. And I thought, I sat there and I was thinking, I was like, you know, this sounds like so familiar. Like I'm almost to the place where it's like, these things are so common that you can ask any high performer in the world, any successful business person, any athlete, anybody in the world who's the best in class. And you can almost tell what they're going to say before they say it. So I've actually summed it up into three things. I know I asked you guys to tell me what is one, but I couldn't put it into one. There are really a million, but I think these are the three top things. Okay? You guys ready? This is big. I'm going to give you guys 
the keys to the kingdom right now. No, not three essential shifts, Ryan. Get out of here. Saying these are three commonalities. The highest performers in the world. The most paid. The best in class. If you want me to give you them, I'm going to give you the first one. These aren't in any particular order. The first one is they compete with themselves. They compete with themselves. They compete with themselves. Why is this so important? Why is this such a big deal? Why is this a commonality? What's the difference between competing with yourself and competing with other people? Listen, the most paid, most affluent, highest performers, most enlightened thinkers, they are their own best competition. They're their best competition. They don't look at other people and say, oh, I'm ahead of them or I'm behind them. They look at themselves and they compare themselves to where they were last month, last quarter, last year, and they're always striving to beat themselves. They want to beat their own records. They compete with themselves. I don't think that there's any competitor that we have right now that I would be fulfilled with competing against. Because honestly, we've already done what nobody else has done. We've built the fastest growing online consultancy that I've ever heard of. Nobody's ever gone from zero to where we are in two years. It's boring. I don't have anybody to compete with, but Chris and I, we want to beat ourselves from last year. We want to beat the version of ourselves that we had last year. They compete with themselves. They are their own fiercest, strongest competition. What does that do? It makes you become inventive. It makes you reinvent yourself. It makes you, it makes you go the distance when maybe in other spheres of the world and other areas of competition, you've already beat everyone, so you're going to slow down. I'm reading a book by Jim Collins right now. It's uh, called, it's not good to great. I don't remember what the title is. I'll post it later, whatever. It talks about IBM, um, Nordstrom, a couple other like top shelf companies. They compete with themselves. Number one, does that make sense? You guys getting this, getting this lesson? They compete with themselves. Number two, here's the second second commonality that I found. And Jay actually said this. He held up a sheet of paper and it was an ad for a conference that he was going to and teaching at actually the next day. So that's today that he's teaching. He said, I've just gotten back from China. I was in China for three weeks. I'm exhausted. My brain hardly works right now. And uh, I've tried to get out of this event like four times because I don't want to go, but I don't have a choice. I signed on and I took their money and I'm going to have to go teach to these this room of personal injury attorneys that I really know nothing about. And he said, that's what I've done my entire career, my whole life. And this is number two. He said, I've put myself into positions that I am uncomfortable by, but I cannot get out of. Okay? All right? He said, I've done this my entire life. This is when I was your age and I was just a dragon. I was just slaying it. I would sign on to things. I would say yes to strategic things that made me extremely uncomfortable, but I couldn't get out of. That is something that is a commonality. It is something that, you know, uh, Jim Collins calls us like the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goals. That's a version of this where you're going to commit your organization. You're going to commit your business. You're going to commit to something that is beyond you. Human beings are weird, right? And you have to acknowledge that human beings are just human beings. We tend to be happiest and most fulfilled and most innovative and most creative and sharpest when we are committed to something that is beyond us, which brings on comfort, but it's something that we broadcast it to the world in which we cannot get out of. Because left to our own devices, 
we'll make commitments and then we'll bow out of them. We'll get out of them. You know, this is one of the, the big best parts of, of what I feel the best parts of, you know, being in a consulting space or coaching space or something like where it's like, you know, we've, we've spent over a hundred thousand dollars to get this time with Jay and we cannot get out of it. It's something that we have to push through. We have to make it a winner. We have to use it as leverage. And, um, yeah, Terry, you could call it like overcommitting to an extent, but just a little bit, not overcommitting by like severe overcommitments, but tiny overcommitments where you put yourself in a position that makes you uncomfortable. And it's just a little bit beyond, it's a little bit beyond what your comfort zone is, but you're hedged in and you're backed up into the wall and you can't get out of it. You'll find that people who are at the top of their game, they do this again and again and again. And what it does is it kind of like, you know, it's not that they become less afraid. That's not necessarily it. It's that they just learn to deal with that discomfort. They learn to deal with that fear in a way that fuels them. They redefine it. They counter-program it to be a win, not a loss. Number one, they compete with themselves. Number two, they put themselves into uh, positions that are beyond them, but they cannot get out of. Number three, you ready for number three? Any guesses as to what number three is? Here's number three. He talked for about five minutes about how his dad never made more than $25,000 a year. And he's like, I have to pinch myself because I just bought a ticket to Japan and the ticket first class was $40,000. It's just ridiculous. And he's like, I drive a Audi RS7 and my car costs more than my, my family ever used to make in five years. And he's like, I just have this amazing life and I got lucky. He's like, I just was born into the right place and I kind of got lucky and here's the deal I feel like it's right now one of my goals is deconstructing part of what makes these guys so good at what they do and putting it into layman's terms and you can take what what Jay was talking about and you can compare it against a thousand of the top performers among us and they all have the same quality in their DNA they are unbelievably grateful for their life for their circumstances good and bad and they have this practice of gratitude that they've worked on that just comes out of them naturally now you ask a a person who is uh, the top of their game they're nine and a half minutes into their 10 minutes of fame they are making money they're helping people they're their next level performers and they will talk for hours about how grateful they are to get to do what they get to do they'll talk about how it's amazing that they were born in the time that they were born. Let's talk about how it's amazing that people trust them and they're so thankful that they have the opportunities, they have the circumstances, they have everything that they have because this is something that's really important. When you go through difficult times, gratitude is your life raft. It's the rope that you can pull yourself out of a drowning situation. Gratitude is what keeps you from throwing in the towel in most cases. Because entrepreneurs go through these seasons where they just suck. You may have seen my post on Facebook that I made today, but like the last three weeks have been insane. We've been just traveling nonstop. And it's not always like the baller life. You saw the, the Delta Club and all these freaking people in there and I can't can't get a moment by myself. I have to come out in the hallway. But here's the deal, like I'm so grateful for the chance for my, for my shot at bat to make a difference and to make an impact. And when I go, man, like when I'm out, I want for people to say, you know, this, these guys made the world better. They enriched my life. 
I'm so thankful for that opportunity. And then so you start getting into this practice of what are you grateful for? What are you thankful for? And gratitude and fear, gratitude and discouragement, gratitude and, you know, it's the antithesis of all of these emotions that will actually bog you down. Every single one of them, they're all thankful. They're all grateful. They talk about it all the time. What an amazing opportunity. That's all they talk about. That's, and sure enough, like Jay went on for, for five or six minutes talking about how cool his life is. And uh, there's science to back this up, but it's crazy that when you're actually, when you think positive thoughts and dopamine is kind of released into your brain, it actually enlarges like the, the prefrontal cortex. It actually widens your vision. There are scientific backings now to, you know, I'm not talking about optimism. That's not what I'm talking about because optimism can like optimism can kill you as well. If you're like, oh, things are, it's going to be so easy. I'm talking about gratitude. I'm talking about when you're thinking, not positive thinking, but you're just thankful that you're alive and you're here. There's such an amazing thing that comes from that. All right, number one, they compete with themselves. Number two, they overcommit. They put themselves into positions that are uncomfortable and they cannot get out of. And number three, they're grateful. They're uncharacteristically grateful. Optimism is not the same thing as gratitude. Optimism is actually, it can be very dangerous. Realism is a lot healthier than optimism. It's my opinion. Sorry, I'm sticking to it. I hope you guys enjoyed this. See ya. This is the podcastfactory.com.